head, it's like, yeah. why, why do you make it so complicated? Just be honest. Just say what's on your mind. That's not the world they live in. It really isn't. No, nah, it's not. And for as much as they communicate and are always in constant mm-hmm. communication, they don't really connect or talk about much. But think about it. There's not, many, there's not many even adults that are just like that, right? Like they beat around the bush and stuff like that. So Well, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> well i do <laughs> i do yeah but yeah. it's true like even in this situation that i'm going through you know right now at the school like just how do you like is it really so hard to have a conversation with somebody like to me silence is harder <sighs> just uh, I, I was always a it's funny like so we just celebrated our 21st your anniversary congratulations right? and we were at brunch and a server kind of asked us oh what's the secret you know the cliche question right and i joked around at first but what i then i said something really serious i like i think me and my wife have lasted so long is because we're always honest even brutally like sometimes the honesty comes out in a way that hurts your feelings mm-hmm. but you got to try to get past how it was said and listen to what was said and then you're like oh well even though even though this hurts my feelings, she's upset because I'm doing X, Y, Z, right? Or not doing X, Y, Z. So I had a meme that I was going to bring up to start off our conversation. Mm-hmm. This pr- exact conversation, I didn't even need it. But the meme says, when you want to help people, you tell them the truth. When you want to help yourself, you tell them what they want to hear. Right. And so we don't ever do that. Right. Right. And, like even if whatever I'm doing wrong, and trust me, I do a lot wrong. <laughs> Whatever I'm doing wrong, she lets me know. And it's not always in the nicest way. Mm-hmm. But you got to accept that, mm-hmm. right? You got you to gotta eat that because you can't, you can't decide how someone feels in right. the moment, right? right? They, you, they could be mad. They could be, you can't tell them, why, why are you so mad? Mm-hmm. Because you don't know how what you're doing is affecting them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is, that's probably the major key. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my parents were the same way. Like my mom, they don't like they don't like to hear that. But my mom is very similar to Ebony, or vice versa. They are <laughs> super strong woman who let you know what's up. Yeah. You know, no matter where you at and who you're in front of, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I I don't. I only know. I tell people all the time. I only know one way to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Like so, I'm gonna tell you what's going on. Uh, my dad used to say, I, I, "I can do it in a way that's not." I can tell people off without telling people off, mm-hmm. which is cool too. But sometimes, I sometimes I my temper gets the best of me too. I've gotten that at work, where I think I've told you this. Where yeah. the HR rep tells me I'm the best she's ever seen at firing somebody. Yeah, and I can have a tough conversation with somebody, but you know, I can be letting somebody go, but they walk out of my office feeling like it was a good conversation. That's good. That's a good skill to have. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have it all the time, but I don't. <laughs> I wish I could too. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's true. And and then, you know, you go with silences or telling somebody what they want to hear. And it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, you don't progress through the issue or the problem. It just stays there. Yeah. It just stays there. So 21 years. 21 years. 20. So what year is this? 2022. Okay. So my 22nd is coming up. Yeah. 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 We got, we got married two weeks before 9-11. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You came home from your honeymoon? The day before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. Crazy time. But yeah, 21 years, man. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get at least 21 more. 
That's a long time. That is a long. <laughs> it is. I mean, I was telling uh, my barber yesterday, like I'm 21 years married and I've been with my wife 24 years. Mm -hmm. That's over half of my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's insane to even think about. And you never, like, I never would imagine when I met her that we'd be together 24 years. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, it never crossed my mind. That's why. I didn't have any concept of what that amount of time was because I was only 25 years old, I guess, you know, right around there when I met him. So mm -hmm. I didn't really have any concept of, of that amount of time. Yeah. So, yeah, and, man. You know, now we see it in, like, the age of our children or, you know, um, coming on you know, five years of living here after 10 years of living somewhere after however many years of living you know somewhere else and whatever it all starts to add up and i go shit i'm old <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah but truth truth that's one thing that i was thinking about today with our uh strong words was you know came from that meme and um it sort of the concept of the truth or my truth and your truth. Oh yeah. I always say, you know, that, that saying is very true. Like there's two sides to a story and the truth somewhere lies in the middle mm -hmm. because everybody's perceptions and feelings can always, you know, feel a certain way. Like yeah, I, and it I, colors the it does. experience in a different it way. Does. It does. It does. Yeah. I get that. It's, it's one reason why, uh, for example, like this issue that's going on with the FPC girls team that, I don't want to talk to one of the assistant coaches who's a dear friend of mine about the situation like I would talk about it to you because I don't want my situation to color her experience. Mm, right. This is a dream situation for her. This is a dream come true situation for her. Right. She gets to have that. Right. And, it, you know, and it's funny. I'm glad you do that. And, but I, I always find, you know, sometimes I have the inner conflict, right? Like when you get to a certain point, not that I'm some famous guy or whatever, but I've coached a lot of kids and you've done the same thing now and, you know, Victor's done it and Joe has done it. Like, mm -hmm. we've all been around for, for many, many years and you get to a point where, obviously, over the course of seven or eight years, not everyone's going to be happy, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so people say things about you when you're not around. and But you can't react to that. Mm -hmm. And I know that, right? Like, so I kind of try to live that way. But... <laughs> the 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 queens in me i guess is like am i letting people get away with it mm -hmm. and that's the conflict i have sometimes like i know what you did mm -hmm. but because i'm trying to be the better person i'm not gonna i guess get down in the mud with you right and sometimes i feel like i'm letting people get away with it there's nothing entirely satisfying in the moment of being the bigger person <laughs> Word. You know, you yeah. really have to wait to see the results of that down the line to feel like, <sighs> right? You know, and um, and, and it's very, it's not very satisfying in the moment to, um, not react. But not reacting is not the same as not responding. <laughs> and, you know, I think responding in a uh, more mature and thoughtful way in the end is probably the better way to go and then i can be petty as well and think my house is going to be full of basketball players tonight yeah watching a game yeah for me i just like it just makes me do what i do even more intense mm -hmm. right like all it's going to do is make me a better coach right so 
in the end, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. But like, I, I just, in this small of a community in which we live in, and even in general, like, I don't understand why people don't want to talk and work things out and work together for the betterment of the youth. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a, I mean, where we live, guys, is so small. It really, it's a small town. Like, why do we have 78 chiefs? I mean, 78 <laughs> Indians. And I, like, all these chiefs, right? None of, all these chiefs and not enough Indians. Like, I, don't, I don't understand it. But, hey, man, people do what they do. And then I just sit back and watch. But, it's, you know, like I say, all, all these things, they don't stop me from coming to games. They don't stop me from interacting with people. If people choose not to interact with me, that's on them. But I do, I do what I do. And leadership, true leadership, is more about your, you know, who you are, your heart, not your title. I think that's another meme I probably yeah. posted today. Um, and I'm cool with that today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, in the end, the people that you've affected in a positive way will let you know you're doing the right things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the end, um, my kid's going to be better off. Yeah. You know, and um, my kid's going to be better off. We were just, uh, for the listeners, having a conversation before we got on the mics, and I said, well, I have thoughts on this, but I don't want to have the conversation in front of my daughter Mm -hmm. because she gets to, she doesn't have to take my experience on as her own. She needs to just go enjoy her friends. Right. Which is truly why she plays basketball anyway. There are people she plays basketball with that have D1 dreams, that have, you know, basketball beyond high school dreams. Um, I don't know that Carolyn does. And so I want her to go soak up the entire experience with her girlfriends and have a great time. And then she will. Um, Because she's going to do, like, I I, I used to say to the kids last year sometimes, the boys team, like, you guys are doing this wrong. Mm. Like, you're supposed to be enjoying every single second of this Mm -hmm. because you don't get it back. Right. And I think I think I think that's what a lot of these young people don't understand mm-hmm. in this moment where you have a chance to be unified as a team or and you choose not to do that. You're going to look back 20 years from now and be like, damn, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. I only hung out with these two people right. and got to know them for the four years when I had so many different personalities on one particular team I could have been with. Mm-hmm. It, it is. You got to enjoy it, man. And I think my proudest accomplishment of working with the high school girls was that document that I shared with you. Yeah. That the girls, like that was the culmination of our summer when we did that media day and yeah. I gave out the questionnaires and those word for word came from the girls talking about what they wanted for their program. And you could probably read them and even tell with some of them who said yeah. what, you know, because you can kind of hear hear it in their voices. But this entire beautiful mission statement of you know and the wanting to be a uh have an unbreakable bond wanting to play with boldness and confidence i mean that i had something to do with that yeah of course you did they weren't writing that that last summer you know what i mean (laughs) to play with boldness and confidence and have an unbreakable bond and to have a uh, create a program we can be proud of and uh i think that you know i I think they're gonna do that for themselves uh, yes i think it's still out there like i Mm -hmm. think you know, I, I think they're going to uh, prove a lot of people wrong. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be better than last year. 
Um, I think they're going to play a more enjoyable style of basketball. Um, I think uh, the young people and the new people to the program are going to kind of inject it with energy. Mm-hmm. And these are all the things that I, but I already thought that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that because of now. I, I thought that from last year. Right. Right. And so I, I have the ability to try to see things down the line. And you know, I hope they get off to. I, I hope they get. To. I hope they get off to a very good start. Yeah. Shoot, man! I hope the boys get off to a good start too. <laughs> I'm so excited to see these boys play. Yeah, I mean, you know, we gotta see where they all fall. Like, um, I don't know. You know, I always I, I like to joke all the time, and I even joke with Coach Williams and Coach Edmonds. I love being the second assistant, the mm-hmm. third person, because I don't have to make hard decisions. Like. Mm-hmm. I give input, but at the end of the day, you know, Coach Williams and Coach Edmonds, they decide really. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see if any of the ninth graders make varsity. Mm-hmm. If so, who? But that JV team. Because it's not going to be like it's not going to be four or five ninth graders that make it. It's right. not possible, right? It's got to be one or two. Mm-hmm. Whoever does it, that JV team. It's going to be a fire. Especially combined with Coach Edmonds' coaching ability is mm-hmm. going to be incredible. And they will be ready for varsity when the time comes because mm-hmm. he will get them ready. And that's how you do it right. Yeah, you know, man. He really needs to be I'm looking a for developmental yeah, I'm looking you know, for, training I'm, ground for yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. You 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 are you are hitting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to have my son be coached by them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the really the first time in my life I'm like, you know, I can't wait for these guys to get their hands on them and uh, he's already improving in his work ethic a little bit, little by little. You know, he's a, I tell him all the time, he's a little lazy, right? Um, you know, it's hard when your dad's been talking to you all these years. You don't know he's your dad. But mm-hmm. now he's got two other people telling him the right. same thing. So, you know, he's been making his sprints, and mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, That's great. He's got a friend that's doing really well um, that's probably pushing him as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you don't want your friend leaving you behind. Right. And I think that that young man, um, uh, Mr. Perry, is gonna. He, what did, what are they? What is that saying? The rising tide lifts all boats, or something mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. He's. I think he's the rising tide. That's so exciting. I th- I do. I, I, I like that kid a lot. Yeah, I think I think he's the rising tide. So my favorite kids are always the ones I have a bumpy star with. <laughs> you know, and he didn't know what to make of me when I put that jump rope in his hand at that first meeting and practice and yeah. whatever. Yeah, he's good. I like him a lot. I uh, I. When I was a kid, I was in theater. I was an actor. And doing theater in high school, these student productions, the students do everything behind the scenes as well. Set crew and Mm. costume crew and student director and all that kind of stuff. And uh, a couple times I I got sunk my teeth into a, a role as student director for a production. And I loved it. I loved making this whole vision come together and bringing out the performance. You're and, kidding. Right? Well, right. <laughs> but I remember my parents at the time, my dad has, you know, since changed his mind because he did plays later on in his life. But at that time, they were like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get to go see you do anything. Why do you want to be behind the scenes instead of on stage? Like, I don't, I mean, I'm happy for you if you're happy, but I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Right. Um, the last few months, uh, getting ready for what I thought was going to be, you know, a position at the high school. I've been doing a lot of study of coaches and it's the same thing. Like I am so head over heels crazy about Becky Hammond. Yeah. I, you know, I, I often wish I could coach and not be on the sideline. 
Like I don't even like getting into pictures when they win. Mm-hmm. Like so I know what you mean. Like mm-hmm. I I always oh you know it's because the kids play. I just you know what I mean. But it it's uh, there's uh, I mean if you're doing it right there's that synergy back and yeah. forth. Yeah. And, and you get I'm I'm listening to an audible, um, uh, Pat Summit's last book mm. her memoir and uh, that she wrote after her Alzheimer's diagnosis. Yeah. And um how she trained herself to see 10 people at a time, you know, standing and, and it, it like that director position, that coach position is so, I understand it being so key so much more now than I did, you know, five years ago watching Joseph play. Cause well, yeah, I, you could argue that the coaching situation, you know, didn't have that kind of synergy when he was in high school, but, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in love with coaching right now. Yeah, I mean it was it's something I love that I never thought I would. Mm-hmm. So and I've done it in other capacities. Like I've coached a team of thirty-two people through their first triathlon. I've you know I've done a lot of you know small group coaching and one-on-one. But in this in this aspect, you know, with this sport, yeah, it's a different kind of cool experience. Yeah, I mean i I love the practices. Mm-hmm. And that's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I love putting in the plays and seeing them run them, and then being able to just say something on the sideline and then see it, mm-hmm. or tell them, "Hey, yeah. you know, I see something. Hey, if we just work the ball at this side, mm-hmm. they're not, and then them just do it." I loved the moments this summer when um, one of our, my favorite players would look over at you, like from the court, and mm-hmm. be like, "What are they in?" Or, no. you know, like helping her see yes. what she needs to see. Yes, yes, yes. And that, and that's when you know that a player is seeing the game, mm-hmm. right? Like, so, you know, hey, what are we in? What are they in? What should we be running? And that's when like, you like, sometimes I'll be like, well, I haven't gotten to see it yet because we keep turning it over. Or, mm-hmm. oh, they're in this, so we should just be in this. Mm-hmm. And that's what you hope the point guard does. Um <laughs> That's, I mean, that's that's the point guard's job. I think that's, I think that's the one thing I'm like a little bit of a dinosaur at, mm-hmm. um, because I think in today's basketball, um, everyone wants the point guard to be a scorer, mm-hmm. and that's to me a point guard's job can can be to score, but should be to organize her teammates offensively. Mm-hmm. Now, defensively is usually the center. Mm-hmm. Offensively is usually the point guard. And some of the greatest moments with my eighth grade team was was when our starting point guard would get them in the right position without me saying anything mm-hmm. and then get a shot for who might be our best three-point shooter or get a shot right. for someone in the middle of the zone where we want them. That, to me, is what a point guard should be doing. Mm-hmm. But I think in today's basketball, you see a Steph Curry's and Damian Lillard's and all them, and you see all the scoring and you forget – the other part of their job. They right. do that other stuff too. Right. You just don't see it because you're so in love with the scoring. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, we'll see. But But this isn't a basketball podcast. No. This is our intro. Like we're <laughs> whatever. Nineteen minutes into oh, no. uh, what we uh, talked about is <laughs> basketball. Yes, and this vague thing that <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ready to talk about specifically yet. But um all right, so here is uh Something that caught my eye. 
we vaca- we have vacation together. Yes. We stayed at a resort. Mm-hmm. You know, we stayed in a hotel a couple of years ago. I vacationed with girlfriends to the Keys, and I looked at hotels, and they looked at Airbnbs. Right. And we ended up staying in an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. I read an article talking about how horrible Airbnb is for the housing market and finding affordable rentals because people are Airbnb their properties and it makes fewer homes available mm. for renters mm. um, hmm. and even home buyers. Well, I mean, hey. You can do what you want to do with your home, though, right? Like, so. But yeah, but you know, it is. It definitely, you know, has a ripple. Of course, on, yeah. I've know, never even thought about that. Or not, me neither. I'm a little fascinated by it now. You know, thinking about how ultimately it might be great for the individual, go capitalism and whatever. <laughs> but you know how uh, it can deplete the resources of a community. So, it so it's good. For the person who owns a home, mm-hmm. right? But it's good for tourism too, right? Like let's let's take Flagler Beach for mm-hmm. instance. Maybe somebody can't get a home to rent, but as far as tourism and all those restaurants on the strip, it's probably helping them. It might be, but if people can't afford to live close to those That's restaurants true. on the strip on, on, to on, serve on, your, yeah, you know, serve your crab legs. <laughs> 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 you know. Yeah, that's true, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it always seems like everything that starts out good has some kind of bad effect, right? Like everything, like <laughs> everything, like social media, like, you know, everything. But yeah, I remember reading in New York City the pushback with Uber from the taxi cab drivers. Yeah, I, I bet because they mm-hmm. pay a billion dollars for a medallion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I think Uber's ha- ended up ha- having to get. The medallions, didn't they? I think so. I think <sighs> so. Medallions are expensive. Yeah. I mean, they, they sometimes people pass down those medallions through generations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, something that can be so beneficial to the you know the conscientious individual that is trying to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and <laughs> you know uh, create some type of income um, can have. Yeah, it can hurt the people already doing that. Yeah, and the, so in the more conventional way. I mean, we were just talking here, like, I I love this house. But the housing market is such that <sighs> the people who own this house might want to sell it at some point and make a ton of money. And well, I don't know. They might have missed their chance now. Cause I think, I think Please come on back down. Come <laughs> on back down. Yeah, I think, I think it's evening it out so now. Mama can buy a house. <laughs> man, <laughs> it's so house. crazy, man. My... My brother-in-law, his parents want to move down here, and right when they, you know, thought about it, like it just started skyrocketing. I'm like, mm-hmm. you can't do it right now, right? Because it, it's just like I love Palm Coast, but I'm not paying 400 grand to live here. No, I'm just not doing it. <laughs> but yeah, the housing market's been crazy. So, anyway, yeah. So I was uh, pretty fascinated to go down that Airbnb rabbit hole about. It being bad for housing, yeah, it can be it. It causes a decrease in long-term rental supply, no, including affordable housing, and it's you know it harms local renters. All that makes sense. So That's what's r- the answer? I, <laughs> I'm not smart enough to know. All that makes sense to me because, yeah, I mean the inv- that that lessens the inventory. Mm-hmm. 
and then lessens the inventory what the people who are renting then they know hey you only got me so now you instead of seventeen hundred dollars a month we're charging you twenty one hundred so yeah that causes rents to rise i I can i can see all that Mm -hmm. what's the answer i have no idea because you can't because we started this conversation with you saying i can do what i want with my house exactly Mm -hmm. right like you can't regulate that Mm -hmm. right like if it if you're doing it and it's legal Mm -hmm. that's that's really all you can do Uh, and in some places it's not like some of the communities that mm. i've managed don't allow their homes to be homes in that cdd or that hoa to be airbnbs or short-term rentals at all um (laughs) the one that i worked in here in palm coast specifically cited airbnb in their Mm. bylaws or whatever and short like rentals had to be i want to say a minimum of 18 months yeah, I, mean, I guess I guess the answer to that's the the answer to most problems here is empathy, right? Like, so if you know that, you know, if you if you can make money renting for seventeen hundred, don't charge twenty one. If you can make money, you know, with gas priced at two ten, don't, don't make charge four ninety nine. Yeah, but that <laughs> but that never happens here, right? Like, so like. My time, my Facebook timeline is always so funny, right? Like, I guess you know. So Biden came out with the loan thing, right? Oh, which, right. which by the way, America, guess who loan has a loan for their kid that's going to get forgiven? This guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. hey, so listen, like, and everyone's posting like, oh, what about the people who never took loans, and what about the people who paid their loans? And I'm paying my tax money for this. You know how much stuff. I've I paid tax money for got no benefit of. Mm-hmm. I mean, countless, right? Like, I'm paying for the tax cuts. Yeah. For the first time in my life, I had a tax bill mm-hmm. last last year. Yep. First time in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, other people got tax cuts. Yep. So I mean, that's life. That's how this country goes, right? So right. you know, like, and at some point. You have benefited from something that somebody else paid for that they didn't, and vice versa. Like that. Like, come on, man! Worse. Like, I don't understand that. Worse so, in, instead of being happy for somebody poor who probably can't afford these things, or even not even poor. And seriously, <laughs> and the point isn't forgiving a, a chunk of a loan from somebody who is dumb or late. These are predatory lenders <sighs> in the first place. See, I gotta do. We gotta. We gotta circle back to this conversation one day because I want to do some research to see how much college costs in other countries, right? Or the people who are causing the fuss about this particular debt forgiveness are people who paid f- perhaps for college at a, an incredibly different rate than what you know our kids are paying today. Yeah, like college shouldn't be so much for profit. So this is one thing that happens when for four years your secretary of education is a is a uh, education for, is made her money from servicing student loans i mean she wasn't an educator she was a, a servicer of loans she was I, a business person like i have a whole theory on the college thing but you know i, I don't like to my one of my cousins always calls me a radical like like i swear to you man as soon as uh, lesser people in society started getting access to college. Yes. The price went up. Yes. When women started going to college, yes. price went like the, it never was that expensive. Now all of a sudden, to go to a good college, you got to pay 
thirty-five thousand a year. Right. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> so I think I've said this before on the podcast. Something my son has always said is the uh, the government wants Americans to be sick and dumb, so we are easily controlled. So like, uh, so when Overworked. you. So we T- can't protest. Yeah, say like <laughs> take a school like Stanford, right? Mm-hmm. No, what are they right? Like forty grand a year, some nonsense. I would say Maybe, at least. Right. Okay. They got about a billion sports. Mm-hmm. Do those sports not subsidize that school already? Right. Don't don't those sports already pay for the sa- like football alone? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that pay for the salaries of the professors and? The- you think so? Then what do you need? To- I don't. I need somebody smarter than that to tell me. So mm-hmm. in the comments, tell me. Uh, well, tell me what. I, t- right. Tell me what I'm not seeing. Well, and it's some, it's something that my dad would say a lot um, when I would be pro uh, affordable education or pro free college. Well, mm-hmm. how are you know how are those how are those professors going to earn their salaries? How are the like sports, Dad? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you had a son that played college football. You know how this works. <laughs> right. I mean, where's the money going? Right? Like, so if you go to a school like like Stanford or Michigan that has a top-tier football Thank and... Thank you for putting Stanford and Michigan in the same thought. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, if you look at those two schools, they're, they're good schools. I do feel like Michigan is the Stanford of the Midwest. <laughs> go Blue. <laughs> and their basketball and football programs... Alone. And Stanford got a good baseball program, women's softball program, women's basketball program. Like, where's all the money going? Because we know it wasn't going to the players, right? right? Like, they weren't making any money. Right. So where – I need to know how much it costs to run a college. Can somebody send us that yes. calculation? Are there any chancellors out there <laughs> <laughs> listening to the Strongly Worded podcast? And and here's the thing, always, always, especially in the topics you and I take up, comes back to empathy. Why why do people come out and say, I suffered this hardship, so you should too? <laughs> hey, uh, you know, that it makes no sense. So that's that would be like, you know, and I, like, so, <laughs> oh, I paid for my loan. You should pay for yours. Okay, cool. And nobody's so, saying that they shouldn't pay for their, what they borrow. So, so like that would be like my grandfather saying to me, "Oh, I went through Jim Crow and made a great life. Right? Why can't you do so under this? Nah, man. Rules change, mm-hmm. laws change. I'm sorry you had to pay for those loans, mm-hmm. but I ain't sorry. I'm getting my joint forgiven. Right? Or okay, so I, I saw somebody saying, uh, let's say, you know, my friend dies from pa- pancreatic cancer, and then ten years later they come up with a cure." Oh, they're not supposed to. We're not supposed to celebrate a cure for this cancer because people have died from it in this the is, past. This is what I don't. That's what I don't understand. Like we're not allowed to progress and evolve and do better. I like. I want my kids to have it better than I did. Exactly. It doesn't make them soft or whatever because I want them to be able to uh, afford their education and graduate without being saddled with a, a type of debt where they're paying twice what they borrowed because of all the fees and interest and you know people making money off them <laughs> i already have a thousand dollars on that loan and I haven't started making one payment yet of interest thousand mm-hmm. dollars yeah i'm like man i can't even imagine so and then you you know and then people these shortages in these in these specialties 
where are you ever going to get the money as a teacher to pay back the loans you had to take out to become a teacher? See that, and that's the issue, right? So, to get it to be a teacher, for the most part, most states gotta go four years, mm -hmm. at least, and then you gotta get your master's, and right? Then you gotta get so, a master's. So we're talking about six years, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So now, if you go to a good school, like you want to teach in California, you can go to Stanford, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? The Stanford of the <laughs> right? of the West, right? You might have paid over a hundred grand. Michigan of California, right? <laughs> and the, or even if you're in New York, mm -hmm. you go to some Ivy League school and you say, you know what? I'm going to give back. I'm going to be a teacher. Well, damn it, you only making mm -hmm. forty grand a year, right? And that's it. That's it. It will always bother me that accountants and and CEOs make so much more than teachers mm -hmm. agreed i don't it's something i don't understand but there are even other uh professions you know one of one tiny reason one small piece of why we um more and more um in healthcare are becoming pas is because of the amount of debt you graduate med school with. exactly so why would you do that right and you can just be a a physician's assistant and still see patients. You still see patients. You still treat patients. Yeah. For a long, a long time, I think Anthony's first pediatrician was a PA. I yeah. got to confirm that with my wife. I though. had a friend in Molson who was a PA that really educated me on even right down to it's not physician's assistant. It's physician assistant. Yeah. And it's different. You know, like it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's different. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. She's very good at what she does. But she's, a lot. Of, she's the one that said it. Why would I why would I pay all that money to go to med school when I make a great living and I'm doing exactly what many doctors set out to do? Right. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, this country lacks empathy. I've said that a lot a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, and it's always it seems like it's always going to be that way. And it's because we let the, we let the government pit us against each other always. Like they, it can't be. It, the best way to exert control. Yeah. Division. It's always got to be one thing or the other. And it's sad, but you know, I've given up trying to, to bridge that gap or whatever, but it's, but it, it always happens. And so I, I think I posted on Facebook. I see on my timeline, the government is doing what they do again yeah. because there's people you know, complaining about loans. Like complaining about me. Sorry. You know I had one, huh? <laughs> when you posted that, you talking about me, champ. Yeah. And I read, you know, people saying, oh, they're just doing this in time for the midterm elections. Well, please do. Let's get some more people out voting because. He's on a hot streak. Um, he, you know, not that this is a politics con uh, podcast, but uh, over the last six, seven months, they've been passing some bills. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, climate changes, they did some things for that, yeah. and they got the student loan stuff. And so Come he, on, bring it. He's been doing some things. It's great timing. I'll right? take it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's going to. This is the cycle, right? Like, this always happens. Like, when Donald Trump got in, and in the midterms, what happened? Like, you don't like, you never like the guy who's in, and then no one votes in the midterms. Like, even, like, here. I don't but know. Here, like our primary had the highest voter turnout of any primary in Flagler County to date. And still, what was it like? 30% of the people? But it was 30% of the people. It, like, you know, it's not every, everything's not going to change overnight. But I was very encouraged by that. I was very encouraged by that because I do have 
So my daughter calls me an optimist, but she says it like it's an insult. (laughs) 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 That's my point. Um, But I, you know, things had gotten to such a state in this county with certain positions that people came out in the primary and voted. My my thing is always going to be with all these people who go online and talk about how much they love their country and all this other stuff. It should be 100% then. Well, it should be. Yeah. Like, you know, it's funny when I took my son to vote for the first time yeah. and I was joking, you know, he was in the booth and I was kind of joking around with the poll workers, <laughs> right, about it being his first and, you know, and and one of the ladies said, you know, is he really excited? And I was like, you know, no, like he's really here because I, I was like, it's important. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And like, he's a young white male. He's never been, uh, he's never had to fight for his right to do much. Right. Yeah, I hear you. He's not a disenfranchised population. He's a, you know, so maybe some of these, uh, populations that have been able to be complacent for a while realize we're not able to be complacent anymore. I think that's the biggest thing that happened uh, when Trump was in office. Mm-hmm. And people realized, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> maybe the stuff these people have been saying all these years is, is right. true. Right. Yeah. Or maybe these these rights are, these rights that we had taken for granted, these, mm-hmm. you know, um, you take your eye off the ball for too long and that's right, when he, when Trump, from you. That's right. When Trump comes back in 2020. And I ask again, do you think anything's going to come up? I mean, everything you read. I can't imagine. Like, I just don't think he did something nefarious. <laughs> like, just every time you say that, my face goes. So, like, so if I, here's my thought process, right? I just don't think he's smart enough to do that, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, you know, I, I just don't, like, when, when Hillary Clinton had the email server, I just didn't think she did it for any reason other than the, you know, whatever she said, right? Like, I just think this dude took some boxes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't, and maybe so I'm wrong. I get it, but I look at a history of him making decisions that he actually actively made that were nefarious. No, I agree. I just, so I, I have a hard time saying, oh, this one thing is just him being an idiot taking shit from the White House because he wanted something from the, because he could. Listen, I am not a Trump fan. My wife could tell you, I didn't like Trump many, many, many years before he even dreamed of running. Mm-hmm. She thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. We were watching an episode of Apprentice. He said something, and I and I immediately said, "Oh, I don't like this guy." Mm-hmm. Period. And I and I and I thought he was racist. Sorry, I did. And she was like, "What?" <laughs> this was like we were still in New York. It was like years. Like, I used to love The Apprentice, and then I stopped. I never watched another episode after that. Because he told somebody he had too much education. <laughs> and I was like, huh? What? So, what? <laughs> I never, I, I mean, you, wait, you don't, wait, huh? No, like I, <laughs> it confused me. To this day, it confuses me. And so, I just don't know if they can prove, I guess, that he did this nefariously. Right? Like, he took these documents. What was he going to do with them? Was he going to sell them to someone? Like, I don't, I just don't understand what what he was going to do with them. And maybe I, you know, maybe I need to read about it more or whatever, but I just don't feel like he took 
these specific things on purpose. I just think he grabbed a bunch of shit and said, oh, you know. I'm out. Right, and then then at, then at his at a party, he's like, look at these documents I have from when I was president. Doesn't even know it's like nuclear secrets. Like, yeah. I just don't think he's an intelligent guy. Well, I don't think he's an intelligent guy. And, and I, you know, I never, I never did. So, <laughs> sorry, and that doesn't mean I hate all Republicans because I don't. I just don't think Donald Trump was a smart guy. I have watched um, a couple shows this summer that, um, in different ways, dealt with Watergate. Mm-hmm. I watched the one show on was it Amazon with Julia Roberts? Oh, how about and Martha Mitchell? How, how have I missed this? Oh, it's good. Yeah. Um, and then I watched First Ladies. Oh, on Showtime, mm-hmm. and so um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, who is another national treasure, playing yeah. uh, Betty Ford. Yeah, and so, um. And there were so many of these conversations in those shows about they just couldn't wrap their head around what was around Watergate and and the uh, a president resigning and you know mm. all of this yeah and I just feel like that's where we are like yeah I feel like these things can happen I think that uh, I think we could be about to see something Man. extremely historic oh gosh I may have to not be on social media if something happens. <laughs> like, I don't even want to read the nonsense. Um, I have said several times that I'm an early morning news program watcher, like way mm-hmm. too early and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I have um, the last couple of weeks, instead of watching the news in the morning, I've been doing yoga. Again. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm a much happier person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like so much bad news now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. But we're recording again, so I got to get back on it. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched, I used to watch um, the PBS news, mm-hmm. um, and then I started, I used to watch CNN until they, CNN became less news and more panels. Mm. I just can't Well, so it. many of them are now. It, it, MSNBC is the same way. Yeah, don't, don't. I, That's why I like way too early, but now my favorite host is gone too. Don't tell me what you think about right. the news. Just, tell just me the report news. the news. Just report the news. That's it. I mean. You, I don't need. A bunch of people giving me their opinion on the news. Right. Just tell me the news. Mm-hmm. Now, there are spaces that I need that, right? Like, uh, Right. I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. There's total space in the 24-hour news cycle right. for those shows to exist. Yes. Yes. I got a good friend that's always on, civil rights attorney I grew up with. He's all, he's on MS, MSNBC all the time, Charles Coleman. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you need that. Like, you need it. Sometimes you need the explanations of the legal yeah, that's stuff. That's like what Meet the Press is for on the weekends or, you know, <laughs> like some of those things that. Yeah, like, but, man, CNN got to have a panel every, they do one story here to talk about it. No. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want you to talk about it. I can decide what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, I was looking at it. TikTok, what's his name? That actor, Michael Rappaport. Oh, goodness. Yeah. But it's something that I've always said and done when something major happens in the news. Mm-hmm. Don't go watch the news you agree with. Don't go watch the programs you agree with. Go and see what they're saying. Somewhere, mm-hmm. some, you know, somewhere else. Yeah, because you don't want to live in an echo chamber. Right. And, and then I, I do that for 10, 15 minutes and my blood pressure goes up. <laughs> yeah, but it helps you, right? Like, I, I try to, you know... Uh, I need to know other people's perspective, mm-hmm. you know, especially like as a coach, right? Like I need to know 
That's it. I was just going to say, it's like, you know, scouting your opponent. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I need to know where people are coming from. Mm -hmm. Right. And so to try to understand them, you know, but yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched any news. I haven't watched Fox. I haven't watched any of them um, lately. I, Rachel Maddow is only doing her show one night a week. Now they have an, another host. Uh, yeah. What was that? Is it Wagner? No. Is that I Wagner? don't know her name. I think so. I watched the handshake and the handoff briefly. But, <laughs> um, and I liked Rachel a lot. I thought she was very good at breaking things down, breaking down big issues and explaining why you should care about them. She explained to me several things over the years that were kind of just buzzwords and news stories mm. that she kind of broke down into digestible portions. I think she's a very smart woman and, and I'll miss I'll miss her being able to check her out when something's going on that I don't understand. I well, she I think she's going to do some podcasting or something. Probably, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she was behind, you know. She was on that chair for a long time. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess you get to a point where it's not exciting or challenging or whatever anymore, where you just need something <laughs> different or yeah, maybe. Yeah, as a journalist, especially maybe you want to broaden your horizons, mm -hmm. right? Like. I get that. I guess even like your dream job at some point after you do it for a while is still a job. Yes, probably. Yes, most likely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, so I've just been doing yoga in the morning and decompressing. <laughs> I think I'm going to stick with that this week, too. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I've been re I read a lot more about stuff. So, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but yeah. I um. Uh, I'm doing an Audible book right now, and I'm enjoying that. I, was, you know, I almost canceled my Audible uh, subscription, but I kept it. Yeah. yeah. I'm still on the free trial because I just started it up. Yeah. But it's about 14 bucks a month. Yeah. I like it, though. I mean, I would mm -hmm. spend that on a, you know, on a copy of a book. Right. But I can't. They frown upon reading an actual book in your hands when you're driving to work. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick with the Audible. That's how I, listen, that's how I uh, read The Hunger Games. Yeah. I listened to them all, yeah. I have never listened to a fictional, to to fiction. I've only ever listened to a book, to nonfiction. It's, well, I guess I did listen to some of Unfinished Business. Yeah. I, I guess I, that's true. I think, uh, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Know, I'll try that next. But today uh, we got uh, some more NBA playoff, WNBA playoff action. Yeah. I have a house full of girls watching the Aces and my Becky. I said I was going to put on a hoodie and a blazer. <laughs> I, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're in the semifinals right now. Yes. Yes. Who are they playing? Seattle. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Ah, so, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be... Uh, I don't know how we got to four o'clock game, but I'll, I'm excited. The ratings. Mm -hmm. I think most people watch WNBA in the afternoon. I used to watch WNBA all the time. Yeah. Um, especially when the first came out. Yeah. Because uh, the Liberty were good. They had Teresa Weatherspoon and they had Becky Hammond. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's why I love her so much. And yeah, I um I enjoy women's basketball. Mm -hmm. um, I do too. Um, mainly because they play so fundamentally sound. Mm -hmm. And it's funny we were having a conversation just be before we got on mic about should they lower the rims, and I say no because I don't want them ever. I like the game below the rim, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? It, I think athleticism 
hurts the NBA in some instances. I think that um, people watch, uh, a lot of people watch NBA games who don't love basketball. I think mm. people who are true basketball lovers can watch the WNBA and love watching it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I do. There's a whole lot of entertainment in NBA games that somebody who's not necessarily passionate about the sport can still watch and, and you know, find enjoyable. That is, uh, I think, spot on. Thank you. Yeah, like Good I, job here. Is <laughs> See you think, next week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, seriously, I think people who probably don't know anything about basketball know LeBron James. Yes, exactly. But they don't know Candace Parker. Right. And yeah, that's that. I mean, that's why WNBA to me, like I always say, when you when you get really good women's teams, it's really good basketball. Mm-hmm. Yep. I always say that. Like so, yeah. I think I, I we actually watched me and Ed was watching. There's a documentary on ESPN Plus uh, about I think I want to say the '96 team. What, what, what was Atlanta's game? '96. Yes. The 96 games, um, they put together their first big dream team. Mm-hmm. Like Dawn Staley was on yeah. that team, and they did a whole documentary on that. I need to watch that. It's good. It's on ESPN Plus? Yeah. It's good. Or you have to have the ESPN Plus app to watch it, or I can watch it on something else? You might be able to watch it on Hulu. Okay. What's it called? Oh, man. I, it's all right. You can text me later. Yeah, but it, it, it's really good, and really, like, after that season... After they won the gold, that's when the WNBA came. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, yeah, it's a really good documentary about women and, and what they had to go through. And, and you know, it's funny that a lot of men won't watch WNBA, but a lot of NBA players, men, mm-hmm. watch WNBA. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think people who know basketball, yes. who <laughs> love basketball, it's not like... I don't think it's true basketball players who scoff at watching women's basketball. Yeah. Like, I'll watch the women's college tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I was telling my son the other day, I was like, yeah, don't look like UConn going to make it because Paige Brooks tore ACL. Mm-hmm. Oh. So that's something that I learned when we talking about women's basketball in the Olympics, read, uh, listening to this book that Pat Summit wrote when she mm. was Pat Head and, you know, right before when she was training for the Olympic team and tore her ACL. And this is back when that surgery was barbaric <laughs> and invasive and like her scar runs from the, her thigh all the way around behind her and there was no real rehab for it. And she just made up her rehab herself basically to be able to play in, you know, one last games. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny. Bernard King tore ACL's uh, Knicks and even then like he was doing rehab and I get the Knicks thought he wouldn't recover from it so they traded him so i believe bernard king's in the hall of fame now and so a hall of fame small forward never got to play with patrick ewing because mm-hmm. they thought he wouldn't recover from acl mm-hmm. sorry that's just my pain talking as a knicks fan <laughs> it's nothing yeah. to do with what we're talking about here it just just brought up <laughs> a little inner side note side note all right well i mean i think we had some good topics so yeah we didn't solve the airbnb crisis I don't know that. Yeah, that that is an interesting um, man mm-hmm. because you know dealing with my mom, she was thinking about getting a, another apartment, and the rents were just so high. Mm-hmm. And if the inventory is lowered, 
mm-hmm. like I said, by those Airbnbs. It, it's a problem. Yeah. But again, you know, then you'd have to regulate stuff, and we're not into that as a country, right? Like, yeah. not regulating how much money you can make. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't either. But it was interesting. Yeah. And, you know, Biden can keep doing things. I don't care. Keep checking things off the list. Is Biden going to run in 20? He's going to run again? No. No no chance, right? I don't think there's any chance. I mean, truly, there can't be any chance. Too old. Extremely too old. Yeah, I, mean, I just I don't know what happened that got him in there in the first place. Like we were primary, primary, primary. Boom! This is our candidate. Wait, what? No, what just happened. I, <laughs> older door conversation. Older Democrats wanted stability, and when I mean older, I'm talking about like 55 and up. Yeah. Um, a lot of people say it's older black. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I, I just want to I just want to say older. Mm-hmm. Um, the instability of Trump and the you know. Too much progressiveness, I guess, for for some of them older voters. They just wanted someone they could feel comfortable with. And they felt comfortable with him. I mean, I was gonna vote for whoever the candidate was. Versus Yeah, I mean I was not I was not gonna not gonna vote for Trump. Right. I was not gonna vote for Trump. However, you know, people always say, Oh, you Democrats wanted Biden. I don't know not one person in my circle of friends who wanted him. I only wanted him after it was decided he was going to be it. Yes, there's no people wanted Elizabeth Warren. They wanted Harris. They wanted all kinds of other people. They, nobody wanted Biden. Right. He he won. Good for him. But we didn't want him. Right. <laughs> like I, mean, I didn't want. That's Biden. what I'm saying. Like I want to know what backdoor conversations happened. Like I want to know how that. All, like I, our kids will get to see the Showtime. Yeah, I mean, about he that had that something. congressman. What is that congressman? Is it is it Clyburn? Who who endorsed him? Like, yeah, man, like the, the older Democrats wanted that guy. And so and people don't like Bernie, like Bernie's colleagues don't like Bernie. Yeah, it's his fault, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's his fault. But yeah, so. Well, we'll see what happens, yeah. uh, you know, and it's going to be interesting for the Republicans, too. Yes, because what are they saying? DeSantis, DeSantis and Cheney. Cheney's going to run. She's going to run. I really think she's going to run. Yeah, but DeSantis is going to win Florida. It's going to be like the Republicans are like, let's say Trump can't run. They may not have a choice but to try to put them. The Florida got so much, so much in the primaries. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, that'll be exciting. I like voting. I like voting, too. (laughs) All right. So, yeah. So we talked about that. We talked about some student loan stuff. Congratulations to me. Congratulations, Johnny Hampton. <laughs> and we're... Oh, I never said our intro. Oh, my goodness. You got to go back. You got to put that in. Now. I know. Welcome to the Strongly Worded Podcast. We'll t- see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> but come find us on Instagram at the Strongly Worded Pod. On, and find our Facebook group, the Strongly Worded Pod group. We're going to yeah. get back in there this week. Yeah, I got to... Yeah, I mean, I was sl- slacking. I didn't even promote the episode this I know. week but i think it's good because we've got now we can we got a couple in the hopper okay we can yeah you know we'll we'll promote both of them we'll um we're i mean we were rusty it yeah. was a whole summer off and it's not like we haven't had a lot going on the last couple of weeks yeah it's been oh god we've had a lot happening yeah I'm, I'm glad it slowed down a little bit 
yeah. for me personally. So I'm getting a lot done around the house, like not stuff that you look at and see yet, a, but like organization behind the scenes in drawers and closets and storage spaces. I am such a lazy bum when it comes to housework. Yeah. Like I'm thank God for my wife. <laughs> Seriously. Like I am like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lazy now. I got to get back to it. I need to, there's some things I've been wanting to do in my closet in my side of the bedroom, throw mm-hmm. some crap out. Maybe next weekend. Yesterday, I did not get to do that. Yeah. Well, I've been working on the lanai, getting it swept down, and, and uh, my new rug is arriving today. <laughs> and uh, some new furniture out there. So for that brief moment where you can actually enjoy being outside on your lanai in Florida. <laughs> yeah, that, that time is coming. It'll be fantastic. And I think we decided on a fire pit for the backyard. Too. That's nice. Yeah. That's so nice. We'll, we'll have some fun things to do when in our spare time. all right ladies and gentlemen thank you as always for listening come find us on the socials and uh, we'll see you next week this strongly worded podcast is written and produced by johnny hampton and sue o'lear music production and vocals by marshall mack